0: Thanks so much for joining us. So as we finish our series in focus, uh as we've planned out, you know, what we want to be hitting where we want to be going each week. This week, uh, I have the privilege of talking about um creating a multicultural community. One of our the main points of our vision, what we what we want to be about. So great. I, I love talking about the multicultural church, but you know what? I really wanted to talk about the Holy Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit. It's been a little while since I've I've spoken about the Holy Spirit. I said, whatever will I do? God's got me. Uh, We're going to talk about Pentecost, uh, which is the first multicultural church service. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came upon the believers, gathered together, and then they preached in different languages uh, the first Jesus sermon to a multicultural congregation like God's like, hm, I got it. I got the perfect thing for, for you to talk about. We celebrated. Pentecost in the church calendar would have been observed uh, last week. Um, we had a great service here at the church and online with uh, Julian Adams, who's really gifted in hearing from the Holy Spirit for folks. It was amazing. Uh, today, I want to lead us into spending some time with the Holy Spirit, experiencing the Holy Spirit's love, letting Him speak to us, communicate to us. But I also want to unpack this event of Pentecost and see what it means for us as we do life together, as we journey into what God has for us. I want to unpack some of the theology uh, around uh, Pentecost that really establishes what the church is and what we're all about. Uh, Pentecost is called the church's birthday, more like the incorporation date, probably start the church, you know, started with Jesus' resurrection, but, but Pentecost is really when it, things got going, uh, like the incorporation date. Debbie, our children's minister, usually has a birthday cake for the kids, and sometimes I get some of it, and she didn't this year, so I'm not sure how I feel about breaking from this tradition. Um, but Pentecost is when the church really became the church. You know, as we start this morning, uh, I think about one of the church experiences I had. And It was really, uh, really an awesome experience. Uh, I was living in Ohio with my twin sister. She and I were friends with a girl named Yoongi, um beautiful Korean woman. Uh, just had her second baby, uh beautiful baby boy and she's like, Hey, you guys come come uh for his baptism. So great, I'd love to come to uh your, your son's baptism at your church, you went to a Korean church, really vibrant uh, community, um, they, they did a lot um, around the, their, their culture, you know, I had classes in Korean, so valuable, uh, would have a great uh, potluck lunch together after, I'm like, this will be great, well, the services were in Korean, which did, didn't bother me, I can sit there Smile and nod. Lots of people who you know don't speak English. We expect them to sit there, smile and nod. Totally fine. The unbeknownst to me, Yunki goes to her pastor and says, "Hey, my two friends are coming. They, unfortunately, I do not speak Korean." We get there on Sunday morning, just up for for this baptism, ready ready to go, and we're greeted at the door by uh, the pastor's wife, and she gives us. Uh, a copy of the sermon he had went and he had carefully printed out uh typed out his whole sermon in english he's like most people obviously you know but bilingual uh has printed out a whole extra copy of his sermon in English for us so that two little white girls who don't speak the language uh are informed and know what uh he's saying. I was just blown away uh, by his care and consideration it's a very like Pentecostal thing to do to, to translate the the message the good news of Jesus um, into another language that all will hear and that's what the Holy Spirit did on the first day of, of Pentecost so let's pray together friends and then we'll dig into what this means for us Jesus we thank you that you started the church with all the problems in the church, all the problems in me, Jesus, that you have loved me, you have loved us communally so, so well. Jesus, in season and out of season, in the ups and in the downs, Holy Spirit, that you come. We ask this morning that you would come to our church and to the sanctuary of our hearts. We receive your love right now. That divine exchange, Jesus, our our distractions, our problems, our sins, our failures. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Be with us this morning as we read your word, Jesus. Would you give us attentive, thoughtful hearts, Jesus. Would we be shaped and changed by your word this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. So we are going to be looking in Acts chapter 2. Acts is the uh, history of the the early church. And it tells us on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. You can read along if you've got your Bible uh, at home or, or just listen. Maybe you've got an app on your phone. Suddenly, suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring, mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then... What looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, they were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. And when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own language being spoken by the believers. Guys, this is beautiful. This is powerful. The breath of God, that creation force of of love. Everyone is present. They gather. They come running. They're like, what? My language? God speaks my language? People came running. Would people come running to us, bewildered and amazed and saying, what's going on when the Holy Spirit moves in us? That's my prayer. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These are people from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Galileans did not have a reputation for being highly uh, uh, educated or being able to speak all these different languages. Here we are. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, uh, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs a lot of people groups a lot of language represented there and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things that God has done they stood there amazed and perplexed what can this mean they asked each other but others in the crowd ridiculed them they're just drunk that's all you know, people are going to be confused uh, about what's going on. You know, no one's ever really thinking, I, I, I'm drunk, so this will keep, keep things interesting. But there was rejection on the day of Pentecost. It was pretty amazing, pretty like miraculous, Like, but there was rejection still. And then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. Amen to that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel in the last days. God said, to the prophet Joel, this is Joel two six. I will pour out my spirit among. All people, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old, young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. This is what people for so long have longed to see. Can we say thank you to Jesus for this? Can we say thank you? Thank you that the spirit is poured out in uh, amazing, crazy ways. Young and old, male and female, rich and poor. Thank you, God. Thank you that we get to live seeing the fulfillment of your promises. Thank you for the day of Pentecost. And then he continues talking. Peter says, people of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus, the Nazarene, by doing powerful miracles, wonders, signs through him. As you well know, you guys know about Jesus, but God knew what would happen. And his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you Jews nailed him to the cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life. For death could not keep you down. And then Peter goes on to preach this whole sermon about Jesus. The day of Pentecost is gospel preaching about Jesus, about his life, death, resurrection, resurrection. Peter ends by saying each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God, being baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you and to your children and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. And Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging his listeners, save yourself. From this crooked generation, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. Pentecost points to Jesus. The Holy Spirit points to Jesus. Uh, As the theologian Dale Brenner says, uh, the Spirit is most present when Jesus is most central. The Spirit is most present when Jesus is most central. They received power to proclaim the gospel. The sermon didn't stop with speaking in tongues. It was all about Jesus. So friends, biblically, theologically, what does this this tell us? Well, actually, if we look at it, Pentecost is actually a reversal of something that happened long ago and something that should be brought to our minds and remembered. It happens in Genesis 11. Uh, it's the story of the Tower of Babel. You might remember it, uh, from Sunday school class, in the building, big tower, then, uh, getting all confused in Genesis chapter 11. They said, hey, come on. We're, we're pretty great. We're doing pretty good. Let's make a giant tower reaching up to the so that everyone will know that nothing uh, is impossible for us. God looks down. He's like, mm, I don't like this attitude. It ain't going to lead anywhere good. He said, look, the people are uniting. They speak the same language. After this, they will set out to do whatever they can do. come. Let us go down, God said, and confuse the people with different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. In that way, God scattered them all over the world. They stopped building this city to their own, um, to their own credit, to their own uh, prominence. This is why the city was called Babel, because this is where the Lord confused the people with different languages. In this way, He scattered them over the world. So when we hear about Pentecost. And we remember the story of Babel. You know, I've got a little um, illustration here. Theologically, um, Babel was the making of nations. Uh, there was confusion there. There was uh, uh, division. Pentecost is the making of the church. Um, in Babel, uh, because of God's mercy to, to hold things back, mercy is not getting the punishment we deserve. They're divided because of God's mercy. Pentecost, we're united because of God's grace, um, Babel is kind of restraining people's sin, you know, putting some boundaries around people's sin. Pentecost is God's righteousness, breaking out, Christ's righteousness, breaking out. Um, Babel is stopping worldly building. Pentecost is the creation of the church, building the church, uh, through God's creative breath, the, the, the spirit, the wind, um, and lastly, after Babel, the, what happens after Babel is Abraham. The, the uh, restoration process is, is started with, with Abraham um, bringing grace, uh, bringing, building a community of faith. And Jesus leads into Pentecost, the building of the church. So we see confusion and chaos and scattering. We see uniting of peoples together in the work of Jesus on the day of Pentecost. Pentecost reverses some of the consequences of our sin. There's restoration in the church. through what Jesus has done, we're restored. The, the effects from so early back in Genesis are reversed in Pentecost. And Pentecost was like the most multicultural event ever. Friends, if you think diversity or multiculturalism, these are like recent uh, liberal or, or political things, you're you're seeing things through a, a, a news cycle or social media or a worldly filter. Diversity, multiculturalism, these are biblical things from the Bible. Now the church has not always done so well on this. So there's there's been a, a worldly version. But it's time for the church to to reclaim, to take that back. Jesus created the peoples of the world, created folks in his image, and he wants to unite us, bring us back multicultural. In our own, in our own language, in our own cultures, uniting us together in Jesus. You know, Galatians 3.28 says, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now it doesn't say there's no such thing as Jew or Gentile, there's no such thing as male or female, it says we are all one, united in Christ Jesus. I think there's a temptation for Christians sometimes to substitute the really deep path of Christian um, oneness, partnership, joint inheritance, the beauty of Pentecost for kind of the individualistic notions of equality, equal access to entitlement, American individualistic uh, equality. But in the church, this is a Jesus thing. Multiculturalism is a Jesus thing. Not to be confused with the, the worldly thing. So many Bible verses speak to us about this. Second uh, Corinthians uh, 5.18, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new person. You're made new. All of this is from God who through Christ has reconciled us to himself and made us reconcilers one to each other, bringing us back, bringing us back together, uniting us, uh, diversity bringing us back together. But it's because of what Christ has done. Ephesians 2.14, For when Christ himself has brought us peace, he united Jew and Gentile into one people. Then through his own body on the cross, he broke down the dividing wall of hostility that separated us. Multiculturalism, diversity in the church. This is because of who God is. This is an ethic that's built on a creation theology. Our starting point is God's goodness, God's creation. It's based on what God has done through Jesus, his death, his resurrection. We don't have to live in, just sit in the consequences of sin. We're restored, reconciled, and it looks forward to God's uh, final plan, his return, the restoration of heaven and earth, when all people, every nation and groups will worship God Together. This is based on what God has done and on who God is. So Pentecost answers the question like, well, what, what does it look like here and now? What does the restored reconciled church look like? Well, it looks like this. It looks like uh, Pentecost. Theologian, pastor Rich Velodis said that one of the marks of the outpouring of the Spirit is multi-ethnicity and reconciliation. The Spirit is not simply poured out for private spiritual experiences. The Spirit is poured out to establish a new family in Christ. I love that. I think it's really true. It's not just about me having, being, being saved. That's important. It's not just about me having great spiritual experiences. It's about the uh, horizontal reconciliation and restoration, creating a new family in Christ. So everyone heard the message in their own language. Now, it could have been, you know, in Hebrew, and then every person, like, heard it, like, interpreted it in, in their hearts. You know, Hebrew would have been a great language. Uh, every language has its own specialty. Um, and so having studied a little bit of Hebrew, Hebrew was a beautiful, holy language, it would have been a good choice, but it wasn't in the holy language of Hebrew. It could have been in Latin or, or Greek. They were, you know, a In the Roman Empire, in Rome, we speak Latin, you know, powerful, educated, widespread language of Latin or or Greek. But it wasn't. It wasn't in the language of of power uh, and, and empire. Instead, it was in every language. Little, obsolete, minor languages. Here you have represented about 14 to 18 languages some of them we don't actually even know what people were speaking uh, in that part, in that in that place. Many of them are obsolete now. Some of them were starting to be obsolete back back then in some ways. Howard Thurman says Pentecost is a great concert, the great concert of excluded voices making something whole again. Excluded voices making something whole again, proclaiming Jesus. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. Everyone. Pentecost is about communication. Pentecost is the cross communicating. The cross works vertically, reconciling us to God, and horizontally reconciling us to each other. The cross works. Pentecost uh, proclaims and communicates, and it speaks both God to us and us to others. Now I know that speaking in tongues uh, can be a controversial uh, subject uh, in the church. I don't want to ever say that like things of God are like weird or different because I don't want to like stigmatize or put that out there. Um, because I think that things of God, even if they are very different to our mind, are beautiful and should be normal and normative. But you know, I'll, I'll give it to you. Many people think that speaking in tongues is a little weird. Um, but listen, I know folks who are Catholic speak in in tongues. I know folks who are Lutheran, Presbyterian, you name it. So speaking in tongues is when we are close to God's heart and God just gives us words that flow out kind of supernaturally. Um, It can be a real human language, obviously, like we, we see in Pentecost. They were speaking different languages that they did not know. And this still happens nowadays. Nowadays uh, you'll hear stories sometimes of someone going up to someone and and praying for them and coming out in in a language they don't know and it was Chinese and they were proclaiming uh, the gospel in Chinese when they didn't know it or something like that. or it can be kind of an utterance, uh, uh, a heart language that's outside of a set human language. 1 Corinthians 14 talks about this. 1 um, Corinthians 13 is called a, a language of angels. Um, it said that, you know, the one who speaks in tongues builds himself up, uh, preaches to himself. Um, kind of that heart language, that expression uh, that's beyond human language, because we can't define everything in in our limited vocabularies, but speaking in tongues is when we we stop praying our own words to God, and pray words that are too great for us even to understand, not everyone who has the Holy Spirit, who's filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, experiences this, that, uh, uh, that's fine. but I do think that there's something about praying in a way that's beyond ourselves and praying God's words and praying uh, words that are too, too much for us to understand because it submits our understanding to God. Uh, it submits uh, our, our speaking ourselves to God. It's kind of when we say, your kingdom come, your will be done, your prayers be prayed, your message in ways that I don't even quite understand. You know, I um, received uh, the, this gift of uh, speaking in, in tongues um, probably 15 years ago. Um, and uh, folks were praying for me and they're like, hey, does anyone want the gift of tongues? I was like, that's a good question. Do I or don't I? And they said, you know what? if this is something that could help me grow closer to Jesus help me um, you know i'm i'm reading lots of books i'm praying i'm i'm studying the bible intensely obviously that's the most important thing the bible is the words of god um, i said you know i'm i'm doing lot, lots of things why why not why would i want to to limit myself i was like sure you can pray for me now secretly i also thought that probably nothing would happen because I just kind of didn't see myself as that kind of a Christian. I said sure, go, go go ahead. I just felt um, a real sense of of peace, a real sense of closeness with God, and a real um, just kind of like bubbling up, bubbling over. And um, I just got one short little phrase in my in my head, um, and I didn't actually even like speak it out. I just. Just one short, short little phrase because it's just kind of an overflow uh, uh, of my heart. Um, and that's kind of developed uh, as time has gone on. I've gotten a little bit larger vocabulary. It's expanded beyond just that one short little phrase. Um, but from that experience of closeness, from that experience of just more, um, God gave me some little little phrases um, that have been really helpful for me in prayer when I have not known what to pray, when I want to pray into more, when I want to submit my prayers to god 's prayer um, it 's been it 's been a useful uh spiritual kind of tool for me and has brought my heart closer to Jesus so Pentecost is all about communicating communicating the love of God uh, in holy spirit ways. What is exactly being communicated? Now, it's all about Jesus, but I think that it's being communicated in everyone's heart language shows that everyone is valued, everyone is cared for. God cares about speaking to us in our own context and culture. We are seen, heard, cared for. Everyone can understand, communicate. There's unity here, but everyone retains their own uh, individual language and cultural identity because Here's the thing. Tongues were not necessary. It was not necessary for everyone to hear because later on, Peter goes on to preach the sermon. It specifies he stood up and he preached in one language. Peter has this long, long sermon. We are made to understand. It was not short. Um, And he was preaching most likely in Aramaic. It says he chose one language uh, and then spoke. It was not necessary. He could have, everyone could have had it in, you know, Aramaic. Uh, if you look at these different nationalities here, um, Aramaic and Greek definitely would have covered everyone. But that's not how God wanted to do it. God wanted to value and care for each uh, culture, each uh, identity, and value it with speaking in their own meaningful heart language. And then the gift of tongues, it's, and what happened on Pentecost there's a humility to it. There's a humbleness. We have to lay down our preferences. I'm sure most of these uh, Galilean apostles, this is not their first choice of how to do things. Um, they really, if they were planning this out, they would not have said, we really need to to speak in uh, 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 Cretan or, or Arabic or uh, Coptic, uh, Egyptian. No, this would not have been their first preference. And I do think to be part of a multicultural church, which we've seen that from these these Bible verses that, to be the church, we got to be multicultural. Um, to be part of a multicultural church, we can't do things, quote-unquote, our way. It involves changing, it involves flexibility. Um, it involves being uncomfortable and laying down your preferences the way you think things should be done for the sake of others. This is usually primarily uh, an issue from the majority dominant culture who are very used to, very accustomed to doing things their way, not being inconvenienced. But there's a humbleness to Pentecost that we do things the way of each and every uh, person represented because that's the way the Holy Spirit wants to do it. Um, We love proclaiming Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit of power was being communicated. People are being empowered. Voices uh, are being empowered to speak about Jesus. So many things in our Christian life are process, are gradually. We learn, we improve a little bit, two steps forward, one step back. But when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, they went instantly from from huddled, uh, hunkering together to boldly proclaiming the message of Jesus. There is power to proclaim the gospel because the Holy Spirit loves to speak about Jesus. And the Holy Spirit loves to speak to our hearts. Pentecost is all about communicating, communicating who Jesus is, what he's done for us, and communicating also our own value and our worth, in who we are, in uh, all that we bring uh, forward, our culture, our, our identity. It's about bringing a, a humility to lay down our preferences, one for each other, and being empowered in our own authentic voice. The Holy Spirit does all things well. He does amazing things, and He does it in love. And He's able to change us and speak to us so personally and so well. I love the Holy Spirit. I love His voice. I love what He does. Friends, what does Jesus, what does the Holy Spirit want to say to you this morning? I want us to take a minute to welcome the presence of God, to speak to us, to come over us, to empower us, to communicate with us this morning. The Holy Spirit is, is the kindest voice you will hear. The Holy Spirit is our best friend, the one who speaks to us so clearly and so lovingly, and the one who shows us Jesus, who tells us the truth, the reality of who God is for us here and now. Will you do that with me together now? Holy Spirit, we invite you to do what you want to do, Come and speak to us. Show us Jesus. Communicate with us, Holy Spirit. Friends, I invite you uh, to open your heart to the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to communicate with me this morning, this afternoon? All of this is from Jesus. We depend on Jesus. We rely on Jesus. Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to me about Jesus? As you open your heart, open your mind, uh, make that space for the Holy Spirit to speak to you freely. Ask the Holy Spirit questions. I want to encourage you. The Holy Spirit loves you. He wants to speak to you right now, right here, later, throughout the day. It doesn't matter. Uh, uh, God doesn't have a bedtime. God doesn't have uh, limited office hours. Make time, make space to hear the voice of God speaking to you personally. I pray for everyone listening, watching to receive more of you uh, in our hearts. Jesus, to experience your transformation, your healing, your empowering your stamp of approval that says you, you are valued, you are cared for, you have an authentic voice proclaiming Jesus. Would we go out knowing your power for us, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. I pray for everyone watching this uh, that we would experience the love and the power of the Holy Spirit, God in us, this week. Thanks so much, friends.